Support for CJSW's podcasts comes from listeners just like you. Visit cjsw.com slash donate and join thousands of people who help make independent campus and community radio a reality for the city of Calgary and beyond. CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcast in bloom. Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Welcome, welcome everyone to Movie Night with Sif. I'm your host, Gabby, and I'm joined today by fan favorite guest host, Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hey, everyone. Once again, we are spoiled for guests on this month's episode. Joining us today are Alberta filmmakers Jillian McKercher, Awesome Overstands, and Ted Stenson. Each of these outstanding local talents has directed an amazing short film that we're proud to be world premiering at Sif 2022. All three of today's guests are also alumni filmmakers. You'll remember Jillian from SIF 2018 with her film Circle of Steel, Awesome from SIF 2021 with Mean Hakim, and Ted with his 2020 film Events Transpiring Before, During, and After a High School Basketball Game. Allow us to introduce you to the films that earned them a spot in this year's Alberta Spirit Shorts lineup. Jillian's film Rebecca's Room is a chilling tale of friendship, grief, and the afterlife that follows three friends as they try to contact their recently deceased friend Rebecca through a seance. Following this teen horror, we have a love story. Awesome's film Cold Tea sees a former couple unexpectedly reuniting on a night out, experiencing a mix of emotions as they attempt to gain closure on their relationship. Also dealing with big emotions is Ted's film Foul, in which a middle-aged man's inability to control his temper while playing sports causes his life to spiral out of control. Here to talk about their creative processes and filmmaking inspirations, as well as how to make Calgary look cool on film, are Jillian McCurcher, Awesome Overstands, and Ted Stenson. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing today? Great. Glad to have you here. I'm <laughs> hoping you're excited to be on the pod today. Thank you for having us. You know, festival, we just wrapped it up. How was it for you guys? It was great to see all of my friends, well, and new friends. It was nice to come back to the festival and see a lot of people who I've got to grow up with over the years and also um, see some new faces. Yeah, it was really nice to be back in a more normal theater environment and just kind of have that more festive atmosphere. Yeah, it was just nice to be around uh, talented people that I'm meeting for the first time officially and just nice to see how much talent has matured in a year. How tight-knit is like the Calgary filmmaking community? Like, Do most filmmakers kind of know each other or is it just like so many people that it's like impossible to know everyone who's doing something? I mean, I think that it probably depends, but definitely like Jillian and I have worked together and, you know, I feel like collaborated a lot. And But yeah, I mean, I guess it probably depends a little bit generationally too. One of the values of, you know, programs like this is that it, you know, you see and get to meet a lot of different filmmakers and it just connects a lot of those different worlds together. Yeah, I feel like the more that people meet each other, the more exciting opportunities for collaboration and like the more cool projects and everyone gets to kind of learn from each other. Just to get people acquainted with your films starting off the bat, um, do you guys want to tell us in your own words kind of what your films are about? We'll start over here with Jillian. So my film is Rebecca's Room and it's about young teenager Rebecca who's just passed away by suicide and her three friends who are trying to contact her in a seance. How did you come up with that idea? Can I ask? Because that's a that's kind of a freaky, a freaky take. One of the producers on this, so this was produced by two people, Nicola Waugh and Guillaume Carlier. Guillaume and I actually pitched this short film at CIF like in 2016, I believe, when they had this Bravo Fact pitch competition. We came up with the idea as just three friends trying to contact a recently deceased friend. And we were unsuccessful at the pitch, but the idea was still really strong. And as 
time wore on, we had moved on from the original cast that we had in mind because they weren't teenagers anymore. Now they're right. young adults. <laughs> but the timing worked out really well. I was introduced to Shea Cubber, who is in the film, and she was also a co-writer of it. And she, at the time, was a young adult in her late teens, early 20s. And I said, why don't we write this together? I think that this still has legs. And it, through her, we've had a really amazing collaboration and got to realize the story. So it's exciting to see how an idea can stick with you for that long. And then finally it comes out. Awesome. You want to tell us about your movie? Yeah, I was just going to say, just take some water on the seeds that you planted 2016 to totally to really like come to fruition, I guess. And like, like shit, you meet someone and you're like, oh yeah, maybe she will play the part or mm-hmm. he'll play the part. And it's like, yeah, no. For me, it was just never writing before and sitting there during quarantine one, which like, Honestly, my days every day when I wake up is like six in the morning till midnight. Quarantine comes and I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my laptop in front of me. I'm just looking at my wife and my daughter. And then I'm just thinking, you know, I have amazing women in my life. And then I was like going back in my head. And I was just like, you know, there's like one dark cloud that I had where me and an ex-girlfriend, we broke up in a bad way, I guess, you know. She caught me cheating with who is my wife now, which is so funny. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> Anyways, it, everything worked out for the better. But really, it was just like, what would that conversation be if I saw my ex-girlfriend? And just like, how would I apologize? It was just like, how do I approach this person after like 10 years? It's been a long time. Right. And like, what does that look like? And so I just started writing. And then you guys have worked. Yeah, shout out to Kieran. Uh, super talented kid, collaborator business partner, all these kinds of things. But you guys have worked together and you were talking about earlier on about collaborating with and knowing the film industry. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I knew DPs. I knew directors. I knew a few gaffers and grips from the music video world, but like actors. I, I couldn't name you a Calgary actor a year ago. Yeah. At all. Like I, I had no, I knew their faces maybe. I knew that guy who did that. Was it in SIF? Was it the, where the kids go and steal like homework or something? What's his name? Jay- Jason Theory. Yeah, Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just knew him, I guess, was the only Operation person. Operation Clean Slate. Operation Clean Slate. Shout mm-hmm. out to Jason. Nice guy. Uh, Raiders fan. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, just uh, yeah. Your turn. Your film. What's it all about? Yeah, so my film, Foul, it's about basketball. Um, it's about a guy who basically, yeah, sports are kind of a trigger. You know, he, other outside of sports, he's, you know, a relatively quote unquote normal person, but sports bring out a side of him that, uh, yeah isn't pretty i guess and you sort of see the consequences of his inability to control his temper i'm a big basketball fan i play basketball and you know it is interesting like i feel like sports and driving are like two of these places where people will let out a side of their personality that they're totally they would never show you know any other time right it's like you always see people screaming in their car whatever right and like sports is kind of similar like i play on a basketball team and almost every game you see guys who are kind of you know like screaming at the ref or you know their teammates or other players like you know it's just this kind of odd thing that people like you know some people just cannot control their emotions so yeah it's just kind of a comedic look at that and like sort of taking that to its you know like an extreme level going back to jillian's are seances real And are they more powerful in Calgary? Like, do you believe in the supernatural for real, for real? Yeah, the supernatural is absolutely real if you make it real. I don't like the idea of being like, oh, psych, you've been punked. Like, this was all like 
a charade, because <laughs> that definitely exists too, right? I think there's a lot of energy which can't be explained. And I think that trying to overexplain it is when things get weird and messy. And a seance is just a way to bring that energy to focus. So there's no real one answer. But the answer is yes, the supernatural exists. Like in the, and in the film, I think that there's a lot of ambiguity. And I think that that's just how you have to approach it. I think if you meet someone who's like, well, this is how it works. I think that that's not right. Yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Magic exists, people. Don't, don't forget it. I don't know about a definite it. yes or no on those things. That's like saying yes or no to like aliens. You're like, come on. What freaks me out is deja vu. That's what's convinced me that there is something hinky going on supernatural wise. Because it's like, there's moments where I'm like, no, I, I, I'm a hundred percent sure that I've seen this before. I'm gonna talk to Ted now. I saw it a lot more in this film, like a lot of Roy Anderson and in, in Fowl. So, is is that definitely part of like your inspiration for this? And what do you like about Roy that kind of like you bring to your work? Yeah, I really, I think when I saw his movies, you know, he has such a unique style and approach. Like I have a bit of a background in theater, and I feel like he kind of marries those two worlds in an interesting way where you know the static really flat sort of approach is is almost like watching theater you know and uh, the way that he kind of uses actors coming in and out of the scene as opposed to you know having camera movement or cutting you know like he kind of uses that to to move things along that was something that I found really interesting in this short I you know that definitely was in my mind like I wrote it at the same time as uh I wrote uh, my feature, which was very much in the same kind of, sim you know, same aesthetic world for sure. But I also, I did want to try to make this a little bit more, I guess, emotionally intense or not even intense, but like a little bit more heightened in terms of emotion. So there is, you know, a little bit of camera movement. There's a little bit of cutting, not a lot, but I did want to try to experiment with that a bit more. One thing that was really fun from a kind of influence perspective was we, I had this photo that I really loved by this guy. His name is Gregory Crudson. He's a photographer and he does these really interesting shoots where he actually basically works with like a film sized crew. Like he'll have 30, 40, 50 people working to shoot one photo. So they kind of do these like high production value shoots, but just for photos. And the last scene of my short is just this guy, you know, he's sitting in his chair after, you know, kind of having ruined his life by just being, you know, so like having no impulse control. And I had a photo that like I really, really liked for that. And this guy's photos, Gregory Crudson, they like almost look like paintings. Um, they're so stylized and, you know, and he, he is, you know, very influenced by kind of classic Hollywood cinema. So they're, you know, highly lit and like there's lots of makeup and production design. And I feel like we did a really good job of like actually capturing the spirit of that photo and uh, just kind of, you know, this sad nightmarish quality that this guy is living in at the end. I, I mentioned this film to like a bunch of my friends who are like basketball fans and they're like, I feel attacked. <laughs> like, this is me. Like, this could be me. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. scary and hilarious. Yeah, this is time. me as well, for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you flip out. Yeah, yelling things. at the television. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. It's like a dog, you know, they see, like, a cat on TV and they start barking. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just yell at things. No, um, also, onto your film, Cold Tea. Sure. So, the first thing I noticed was, like, my God, there's a lot of Calgary in this film. Um, if you've been out in the city, you'll recognize Fire and Ice and Backlot. 
Um, if you're like me and you refuse to learn how to drive, there's some C-Train representation in there for you as well. A lot of filmmakers come to Alberta for like the beautiful, natural scenery and they go out to the mountains and stuff. What about Calgary's urban setting called to you that you were like, this is what I want in my movie? Everyone's going to shoot mountain stuff. I will go the other way. Mm-hmm. That was like, that's the contrarian in me, I guess. As an investor, like what everyone else is doing, I'm going to take the other side of it yeah. and just play that game. And that's one of the things. And number two, I'm here full time and I like I see the city and I'm like, you know, fuck Toronto and fuck Vancouver and fuck Montreal. <laughs> we have the same aesthetics that we can build here. And I've said that and like, I've had like, I've lost a Nike commercial and an Under Armour commercial, but both wanted to be shot here. Mm-hmm. And they're comfortable with that. So I'm like, well, if these producers are looking here, then psh, we gotta I'm be seeing here. the same thing. Yeah. That they, then, you know, we have just as much talent here in terms of grips and gaps and sound people and, and writers and everybody. That, But yeah, I'm just going to like really push it here. That was the whole point. Yeah. There's mountains everywhere. There's cities everywhere. The, it's just how you dress them up and, and the way you shoot them. Things just can be unique. So yeah, that was my goal. All your films had a lot of like urban Calgary shots and like setting. It wasn't it wasn't like mountains or the scenery that that people are are like more known for coming to Calgary or area to shoot. I don't want to speak for Ted and Awesome, but I don't think we're cowboys. Nah, like right. I am. Yeah. I am during Stampede, absolutely. And you play one, but and I will play one. I will dress up as one, but like I'm not a cowboy. Yeah. I'm a city person. Yeah, and. I think that's, it sounds like all of us are inspired by the city that we spent most of our time in, even though like I did go to the mountains a lot and I love it out there, Mm -hmm. but. The mountains are a daycation and the city is like where you breathe, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like live and move and shake and make art and eat and meet people and live on top of each other and all these amazing things that a city brings, right? And like, hate the cowboy. (laughs) I love it, but. I'm not one. Like, I know actual <laughs> cowboys who will brand cows and but, calves and stuff. Like, I don't do that stuff. Yeah, they're way more rugged than I am. And uh, <laughs> they wake up early in, in the cold and they kill it and they do so good. But yeah, no, it's the, not the city anymore, I don't think. Do you know what I noticed is that I think majority of Calgarians would agree that they don't feel like cowboys. Mm-hmm. But something about the summertime, they have it in them. They keep it hibernating all year <laughs> long. And then it comes out. I'm not from Calgary, but I've been here, you know, 10, 15 years. So like I, you know, I'm from Calgary. So um, I feel very much like a city person, like very much like that's where everything's happening. If your friends invite you to go out, you're not like going out to a ranch. You're not like, like you're going to Commonwealth. You know what I mean? Like you're all, you're in downtown and your friends move out and they move into apartments downtown or on 17th. And it's like, yeah, it just felt very authentic to me. Like Mm -hmm. I really saw the places that I live in and go in, in the movie and I was like, wow, that's, that's really rad. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. That's That was meant to be. It's nice to not like shy away, you know, from being in Calgary like, oh, you know, this takes place in some nondescript urban setting in North America. Like not even to overtly celebrate it, but just to, you know, be like, yeah, people are making things from here, you know, not to, you know, sort of be embarrassed of it or it's good that there are films out there that are doing that. So. I guess the city likes it too, right? Like they should embrace that and like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't expensive to get permits. I thought there would be way more. I'd never gone through this whole process. This is my first film that like doing it the proper way, <laughs> like, you know, approaching the city and saying, we're going to shoot here and do this and do that. And it was affordable. 
It was like 80 bucks for the whole thing. And I was like, yo, that's it. Should encourage us to do that more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except COVID is shitty to shoot in. And, <laughs> and then they had little extra rules with the train and stuff. So you just kind of limited what you could do. The performances really stood out to me because the performances of like the lead actor, especially in the dinner scene, like I know you said that that is the crux of the whole film. And I I mean, watching it, I totally had that impression. Just the banter and the interactions feel so lived in and so natural. And like they've had this conversation a hundred times. How much of that is scripting when you're working with actors to get them? And I mean, anyone can answer because you've all worked with actors. But like, how much of that is you scripting a really like well-scripted conversation? How much of that is them being like relaxed and willing to to act natural? Because my lack of experience with film and film sets, it was just friends hanging out with each other. Mm. And people could just kick it and do whatever they wanted to do while they're on set. I had no rules. I said, just like, please socialize. Yeah. If you don't know the other person, just shake their hand, say hi, and comment on their nice new balances and say hi and, you know, let's go. But those two especially, it was day one, scene one, we as a crew went through this whole crazy fucking thing that we're in the Northeast on 17th Ave International Ave in front of this liquor store across the KFC. I forgot. It was like, we're out there. We were filming day one. This is our day one, scene one. So setting the whole film up. Long story short, a prostitute came back to her corner yelled at us, went back to her pimp, <laughs> and that pimp came back with like a machete and bear spray. Oh, my God. Walking down the street, and they were fucked. They were high as a kite, and he sprayed the set with bear spray. <gasps> and I'm talking to you about my karma earlier. The, the, the wind took all of the bear spray. I would just step back. I let him do it. I was ready to go tackle him. <laughs> the, the spray went up, and it, the wind took it back and hit him oh. with it. Yo, and like, of course, like, I've had uh, close friends on set are tough individuals we've seen worse in our lives happen and things like that but like Mm -hmm. this really brought the set together it like a lot of females on set they were really shook about it but then i just said i gave them a speech we called the day off and i was like you know what this will bring us together yeah honestly like there's only one way to look at this like no one got hurt a little bear spray on the camera. We just wiped that shit off and like <laughs> kept <laughs> you know, it pushing. Got, yeah, it, you know Dan Gretton, his uh, mm-hmm. sound guy. He got hit with bear spray because he had his headphones in like you and had his boom up, so he's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then I ran in to grab the camera, and so I got, we were the only two people that got hit, mm-hmm. and um, just brought everyone together. And when you see the chemistry on set that they had, Alim and I, like I just like tapped them on the shoulder. I'm like, look, and the chemistry they had, and she's queer and he's straight mm-hmm. and that's called talent yeah. for them just to be on that same wavelength and that was day two all the all the scenes you saw we're like the final we're day two yeah we just oh. did it you know obviously you're not doing it linear we're trying to save budget and shit like that you know and so yeah day two so then everyone came in like still thinking they were gonna die the night before or something you know yeah. like they had that feeling in them and uh uh it, it was just it worked out so yeah i appreciate that you saw that well, it was very evident. I think yeah. nothing bonds you like a traumatic experience. <laughs> and she'd never acted before. That, that was her is her first. Yeah. She'd never auditioned before, yeah. never acted. She's a natural talent. Right. I, it's, I keep telling her that. She hasn't yeah. seen the film yet. I want her to see it, like, in theater kind of thing. And so, yeah, not, never writing dialogue is crazy. Do any of you have an embarrassing festival story? Okay, there's no way to share this without, like, basically fluffing myself up. But <laughs> when I was in Omaha, I had, like... I went to an after party and I had been 
no one at the screening liked my film for Circle of Steel. Like, it was quite, uh, people were mad that it wasn't a comedy, and they thought it was a comedy. And then, so I got pretty drunk, and there was another guy there with his film called, like, Out of Omaha with his film. And then he said, oh, I knew that you were Canadian because Drake always talks about the hot ladies from Canada. So I knew that you must be from Canada, too. And I was so flattered. And also, I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. Nothing happened. I just said, that's really nice. And then he was so real for that. Though. He was so real. That was actually his line. He's like, I knew you must be one of those girls Drake's talk Drake's t- Drake talks about. I'm like, I'm not one of the girls on Eglinton. I wish. But. You should have said you knew Drake. <laughs> yeah. I know um, Drake. We're neighbors. I've been to his house. <laughs> yeah. He likes pretty girls. Like, off, off, yeah, so. yourself up. Drop my walk away. Maybe I should. Maybe I'm embarrassed because I couldn't like serve that back. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. You're just like, that's nice. Yeah, I, like, got it right back I need to go to my mall. hotel room. What do you know about all guys in Omaha? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been well, Omaha myself. That's as good a embarrassing festival story as we've ever heard on here. So, kind of wanted to give you another opportunity to talk about anything else you're working on or anyone else. Um, what kind of projects are coming down your pipeline? I'll be directing a music video for Mike Todd. So he has a album coming out soon and. Really looking forward to that. I have the feature coming up. I'm also a producer with Kino Sum Productions, and we have a few things that are in development that, if all goes well, then we have some exciting things to announce in the near future. We had another Kino Sum Oh, yeah. Reffin- totally. In the, in the festival, yeah. Written and directed by Roni, who is, I think, one of the most talented original voices in the country. She's the shit. I have... Uh, like six open scripts that I'm just writing and I want, I have this short project of portraits of the city that I have this idea that I'm just going to start shooting, grab actors, mic them up, which is easy, you know, like we can just have headphones on and shoot raw. Like I did, that's, I did, the slow process of film is for me too slow for my, where I'm at in my development. So I just like, the first do that. I need more reps. So I'm going to do these like mini shorts. Bombard it, good or bad, I don't care. I'm just gonna shoot, and yeah, and then uh, I have features in mind. None in sports. I, and I grew up. <laughs> I was a sports guy. Just, yeah, to Binakim was that sports, Adam, or was that Doc, uh, or it's, what? It's not sports. It's it's like UFC adjacent. It's like yeah. sports adjacent. Sports adjacent. Yeah. So like, I, so then that's why I went to love, and now I'm going to oh yeah with Vince. So yeah, so we got funding from Kada for another. Short film, and yeah, we're shooting that in very soon here. And yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, just keep shooting. I'm going to shoot it here too, again. I, uh, I just did a documentary for CBC about the Alberta rat control program. <laughs> um, so that is available on CBC Gem. Uh, it's called Living Without Menace. And um, Jillian helped set me up with that project, um, which was really good. And, it, you know, it was the first documentary I've done. And uh yeah, it was uh, very challenging, but um, but good. And yeah, I have a bunch of other scripts and ideas on the go. But really, you know, finishing this short and then this Rat Patrol documentary were pretty big projects for me. So I'm glad to have those done and, uh, you know, move on to some new things. So Do we, in fact, have zero rats in Alberta? Is that There like are no zero? rats in Alberta. Yeah. Uh, I can confirm this. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alberta is the largest inhabited part of the world without rats. Um, 
It's quite amazing, actually. Oh, the Saskatchewan border. Yeah, <laughs> they can't cross. Waiting to yeah, get in. They're, yeah. all, they're all masked at the Saskatchewan border. <laughs> but you know, apparently, according to the the rat control people, their Saskatchewan is pretty much rat free. Montana is pretty much rat free. We're in a way moving to a, a rat free future. So it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, it's time to play some games. Do you guys want to play some games? Absolutely. Let's do it. We're ready to win. It's time to play One Star Reviews, the game where you try to guess films by hearing a bad review. In honor of Jillian's film, Rebecca's Room, today the theme is horror movies. First up, we have Jillian herself. Are you ready for this clue? Let's go. All right, perfect. It's Johnny Depp in a crop top for me. What? Horror film? Help me out. <laughs> I can see that you know. I'm, t- I'm looking at Ted. I don't know if I know. Johnny I mean, Depp. I have a guess, but... Uh, is it like... I don't. I actually don't know. Are we allowed to help, or we have to run the same time? Uh, I'll allow it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I believe it's Johnny Depp's first credited role was in Nightmare on Elm Street. You oh may wear my a god! Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding! It's okay. a correct belief. You okay. got it. Oh my gosh! And then he gets eaten by the bed. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, good job. Julie. I needed some help, but thank you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pretend that was all you. <laughs> All right, um, you Adam. Do you want to give this one next right. to Awesome? All right, Awesome. Oh boy. Ready? Oh boy. Horror is not my thing. Let's ah, go. this was so scary. Yeah, let's go. Thank God Sweden doesn't exist in real life. Oh, was it that one where those kids go to the music festival? Shit. Sweden. I've been to Sweden. I would like to phone in a few friends, please. <laughs> Maybe, was that the right one in? Is that Swedish? Uh, I think Maybe. Danish, but... Maybe that's not it. That then. one really soft film. Midsummer. All the yellows and blue. Midsummer, mm. yeah. There you go. Yeah, what's that it? Final answer? Midsummer. Yes. Midsummer. Yes! Ted, you're just killing it. Ted, you know. I think that's the right one. All right, here's the last one, Ted. Don't get everybody else's right and then fail on yours. Murder scenes don't make me feel uncomfortable, but you know what does? Watching someone get in the shower before turning the water on. Well, it must be psycho. Yes! Oh my god! (laughs) Wow. Good work. Look at you go. No rage today. No rage. A great turn at One Star Reviews. Does that mean we get free beers at the next festival? Is that the win? Three for three? Yes, you can get free beer at the next festival in 2023. Yes, the 2023 (laughs) one is what I'm specifically speaking about. (laughs) All right. Next up, we have another game. It's called Dirty Half Dozen. This is the game where we describe a film in six words, half dozen, and our guests will get to guess what film it is. This is the indie category, so they're all indie films. I'll start with Ted. Uh, so six words, what film is it? Scrooge and Black Widow in Japan. Scrooge and Black Widow in Japan. Mm-hmm. Was in that robot movie with the girl with the Scarlet? Oh, I was thinking it might be Lost in Translation. Did he play? Scrooge? Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah, it must be Lost in Translation. Yeah, good one. Yeah, that's right. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's right. Ooh, four for four. Bill Murray was Scrooge. Yeah, was he? Yeah, Scrooge. Don't... not Scrooge McDuck. No, yeah, I was going Scrooge McDuck <laughs> in my head. I was like, yeah. All right, this one then will be for awesome. Frumpy travel agent marries hot wasp. Wasp. Oh, Ant-Man? And... For those of you unaware, stands for white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Oh. <laughs> okay, wait, say this again. 
grumpy mm. travel agent marries hot wasp. Oh. <laughs> no, this is me as a bride walking down the aisle. Surprise. No, no, no. It's my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, it is yeah. a big fat Greek wedding. Oh, Good oh, job. No. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. <laughs> so we have one more. One more for this round. This one's for Jillian. Watching movies with a big rabbit. Donnie Darko. Yep. Wow. Easy. Yeah. Off the bat. Okay. I've been thinking one. a lot about Jakey, though, because of Taylor Swift <laughs> and uh, her current um, campaign to get nominated for an Oscar. So, Jake, do you have the scarf? <laughs> the Taylor Swifties we, will know what I'm talking about. We have to know, Jake, because the world has been aghast about this scarf for several months now. I am not a Swifty, and even I heard about it. Well, nice. a great turn at the game. Everybody clap for yourselves. Oh my God, just a bunch of absolute winners in the studio today. Thank you all for coming down today. It was such a pleasure. I had so much fun. I hope y'all had fun too. Thank you very much. I had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Thank yeah. you. Okay, that's a wrap.